TLDR, if you're short on time and want some top-line insight into the work of Mariana Caval in bringing transportation equity and economic opportunity to New York's Bronx neighborhood by enabling increased e-bike access through the Equitable Commute Project, then here's seven minutes of key soundbites. If you do have time, if you're on run, a cycle, or a drive, then do check out the full episode. But now, over to Mariana. If we're going to talk about sustainable mobility and how we develop the Equitable Commute Project, well, you have to spend some time doing some of the basic research. You start talking to people, you learn, and then you build your team, you try it out. You realize that you have to figure out how to operationalize things. What does it mean? How do you get e-bikes to lower income New Yorkers? Where? What's the mechanism? How do they buy them? How do they finance them? Where do they find the locks? How do they get their helmet? And you keep increasing the number of people in your own coalition or collaboration, bringing the different talents of various people to drive something forward. My whole Invest NYC SDG initiative, it was begun in April of 2019. So remember what happened in March of 2020. We were in the mm-hmm. midst of our research. We were setting up big convenings between the city and the private sector. And COVID, the pandemic swept the world. It was very difficult to talk to people who worked within New York City, in the mayor's office, in administrative positions, because you could hear the sirens going day and night in the background. Many people, they were taking on work beyond what their administrative role was to help in food distribution and other necessary pieces of responding to the pandemic. And so it really changed uh, my view of what was going to be important to take on because the social justice piece of the UN SDGs became so much more apparent as we watched the number of food insecure people, for example, double almost overnight. When I was on the subway and see hardly anyone on the subway, but the, those who were, were largely people of color commuting to frontline jobs where they couldn't work remotely. We just started talking and realized that many, many lower income people live in the farthest reaches of New York City. They live in transportation deserts. They take a very long time in kind of multi-piece commutes with bus and subway and walking. And that the rest of the world has been looking at micromobility, particularly e-bikes, and recognizing how critical uh, as a mode of transportation, a commuting transportation, they can be. And so what we also realized, though, is that the real challenge was for lower-income New Yorkers. Uh, at that time, fewer than 1% of New Yorkers used cycled to commute to work. Now it may be 2%, maybe it's 3%, even with the pandemic. I was just looking it up. And so how do we change that when people's commutes are less than five miles um, in New York and people live in transportation deserts? I think it took me a long time to realize that the, the, the big challenges we face in sustainability in New York, in the United States, are these huge cultural goals, education. Everybody wants to dump their money into tech. You know, the tech's going to be the answer. But the speed with which we can respond to climate change and the challenges of sustainability are more complex. And I just think this is such a perfect example, getting people out of their cars, 
out of standing on curbsides for 45 minutes waiting for a bus and, and providing them a, a means of traveling quickly, cheaply, safely to work with an e-bike. We've been able to kind of sort them out into access, green jobs, and the accelerator component. So access is delivering the means by which people can actually afford to buy an e-bike, and that is supported by incentives uh, that can be as a rebate or subsidy. It was included in the Build Back Better bill. There was um, over $4 billion uh, for e-bike subsidies, but it was stripped out uh, in the um, Inflation Reduction Act. But it could yeah. be done by New York State, and we have pending legislation, which we've been supporting uh, Assemblymember Robert Carroll in thinking through how to get this incentive legislation passed in, in New York State. The other piece of it is is creating accessible financing. And so one of our partners is Spring Bank, which is a B Corp CDFI, which stands for Community Development Finance Institution. They're based in the South Bronx, extremely innovative. And we've been working with Spring Bank over the last two years, and they've developed a lending program for people who seek to buy e-bikes. And, and they make that loan product available to people without any credit history. So it's wonderful. It's very innovative important financing for lower-income New Yorkers to have access to sustainable mobility. So that's the access piece. And on the green jobs piece, this is an enormous industry that's growing by leaps and bounds. We've worked with the HOPE program that does workforce training. They're one of our coalition partners. And the HOPE program has designed uh, workforce training for e-bike mechanics, uh, battery maintenance, and the other kinds of sales and maintenance functions that are necessary for this growing industry in New York City. And then the last piece is, we, we characterize it as the accelerator piece. It's the advocacy and education of New Yorkers about the access, but the benefits of e-bikes in simplifying and reducing the cost of commuting. We, we do have one of the best public transportation systems in the world. What we don't realize is when you look at a subway map, for example, when you look at the Bronx and see where the greatest population, lower income population lives, and the largest employer is at Montefiore Hospital, to get from the southeast corner of the Bronx up to Montefiore is, a, is an extremely long, multi-pronged commute that can be actually done on an e-bike in 10, 15 minutes. And I think you, you prompted me earlier. What, what we learned in this process is that shockingly, the single biggest factor in, in anyone's, uh, ability to advance economically is their, the length of their commute. Uh, and there's been a long-term study that was done at Harvard. And it's, it was very surprising to NYSERDA, the New York State Energy Research Development Authority. New York City Department of Transportation. If we can reduce people's commute time, it can have a really dramatic impact in their own economic advancement. Well, in 2003, my husband loved to run across the Brooklyn Bridge and then back over the Manhattan Bridge and come up through Dumbo. And one day in May, he did that and he stopped 
uh, to give a television interview with his friend about Brooklyn Bridge Park. And I have the television tape then as he ran up the hill and he collapsed and died about an hour later. And my daughter was 10 and I was 45. And so, you know, there's a before and after event in everybody's life. And that event made me extremely committed to making sure that I was able to move Brooklyn Bridge Park forward and become a reality, and I wasn't going to let go. Okay, that's all for now, folks. Now, here's my ask of you. Please follow this podcast on Apple or Spotify or whatever player you use. Also, please subscribe to our new Random Collisions newsletter. We really are working to build a global community of action takers, action engines of people that really care about the problems that need solving. Thank you very much, and see you next time.